episode 99 of the Cherokee Rewind, set to roll here. Thanks a lot for tuning in. I'm Mick, as you know, and I'm going to go back, a, well, quite a ways uh, back to uh, the early part of the century. And got a defenseman here. This guy was, I mean, to quote the movie Rudy, you're five foot nothing, a hundred and nothing, and yet you're still able to keep up with, and I'll, I'll divert here, the, uh, the one of the toughest teams in the league. Uh, and as a guy who was a defenseman, was a crap disturber like nobody's business, and was uh, just an absolute blast and a true joy to be around because uh, I got to know him then, um, uh, got to know his dad, his uh, his late mom. I mean, she's a wonderful lady. Um, and uh, some of the, his other family, and uh, the, he's got uh, relatives that I actually, a relative I went to high school. So anyway, all this stuff to... Uh, to talk to one Mr. Ryan Sell. And Selly, it is so good to see you, talk to you again, and spend time with you. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's great to talk to you. It's been a long time. Yes, it has. Um, and I always try to remember the number of the jersey you wore when you played in Toledo. I do that with, that, with most of the guys. And, man, this one's going to be tough because I remember you were paired with jc gulch and uh, we'll talk about him here later but was it it was either was it four or was it six because he wore five nope. Did, <laughs> i was not what number number 20 number 20 wow man i was way off you're not you're not even close nick <laughs> uh, what, don't worry that's my normal <laughs> trust me no yeah, I wore I wore twenty at Toledo. Uh, it was I wanted forty. I being a defenseman for some reason I was a huge uh, Henrik Zetterberg fan, so always wanted to be number forty, and obviously wasn't an option in the team. So twenty it was. Yeah, and what's funny is is that back then they only did one through I think one through thirty, and with the lone exceptions of the goaltenders having thirty five uh, or thirty one. You didn't. Yep. You had to be below thirty, and now it's like whatever number you want. You know, <laughs> it's like oh, those vestiges. I tell you. Anyway, no, but uh, it's it. My gosh, it's it. You, you, you I, I gotta tell you, one of the things I always remember. You know, I talk about. I was tell, talking to you about a relative of yours, uh, Doug, Doug Lick. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> He actually, I went to high school with him. And, uh, no I, kidding. Yeah, so all those many years ago. So, yeah, we're a couple of fossils now. But uh, we just, uh, yeah, that's where it was like, it was really weird seeing him at the ice house. And it was like, yeah, cra- crazy. I never, I never knew that. And, you know, being from Toledo, I mean, you know, Mick, my, like my whole family came to, Every game, yes, we had a huge did. showing, and then we were all around Michigan. So anytime we traveled, we traveled with the team. You know, my dad, parents were always there. But yeah, it was always like a family event. I had everybody come to the game. So that's crazy. I didn't know that all this time that that you went to school with Doug. Yeah, it's it's fun. Is he was he, was he as big of a goofball then as he is now? Uh, I'd say he's probably a, a more. Um, yeah, I'd say yeah. 
Yeah, he's about it's about <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I was trying to think. I was like, okay, is he more of a goofball now? It's like, mm, no, nah, he's about he's about on he's leveled out. He's about the same. No, but uh, he was always a cool guy. He always he and I always got along real well in high school. Um, you know, we I mean we didn't like hang out at each other's house on the weekends or anything, but I mean we just we always got along real well in high school. I always liked him. He liked me, and we just like I said we just got along. We were just both goofballs. So it was, it was, a, it was a natural <laughs> fit. So anyway, so let's get start talking here a little bit about you as far as um, playing hockey. Uh, let's get to the, the, the starts. Uh, where, when did you start skating and playing? And who introduced you uh, to the game? Uh, my parents introduced me to the game. So I was the first one in my family that ever play hockey. We don't, you know, didn't know anything about the game. Uh, none of us, you know, none of my older, I have two older brothers. They, they didn't play. Uh, my parents went up to Canada to go see the Phantom of the Opera. And they brought home a hockey, is actually a San Jose Sharks hockey jacket and a hockey stick and gave it to me. And I, ever since then, I wanted to play hockey. I thought it was the coolest thing. Um, I started skating when I was five. So went to the learn to play and, and all that stuff. And um, actually, after I started to play, then my two older brothers, so it kind of went in reverse, right? Then um, the, my oldest brother, Greg, was the last one to start, and my middle brother, Matt, started a few years after I started. So we kind of went in the backwards there, and um, I think now the whole family is, like, hockey crazy, right? Yeah, that sounds, that sounds good. I mean, I, I had a family. <laughs> I come from a family that, to this day, no one cares about, like, hockey like I do. You know, of all the people that were all the people that cared about hockey in my family uh, were my dad took me to Toledo Hornets because of 10 cent beer night. It wasn't because he wanted to see the game. <laughs> and I think that could for the good time for the good time. Yeah, you, you, you could pretty much tells you where my, 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 my I was uh, doomed from the get go. But uh, and then. For me, my uh, I think my sister, I have one sister who's like loves the game. Goes still to this day goes to walleye games, etc. Never went to a she went to one Cherokee game, one, and I wasn't even there to <laughs> broadcast it because it was the night the SAP night when I got the uh, SAP award, and she and her husband and their kids actually came out for it. They surprised me. Uh, but they never went to a Cherokee. Well, they went to a couple. I take that back. They did go to a couple. But that's about it. But she's gone to a slew of walleye games and stuff. So she's becoming a, a big, she's became a big hockey fan. But other than that, nobody in my family played. Nobody was interested in the game. I grew up watching uh, CBC out of Windsor. And that, cause that was one of the few channels we could get. So that's where I grew up. I've, but, uh, to give you an idea okay. how, old, how old I am, Stelly, I, I said this before, my introduction to the game wasn't uh, uh, a regular season game. No, I watched the Summit Series in 1972 <laughs> between Canada and the Russians. That's what, that's where I learned about the game. That's got, awesome. It was, it was incredible. So, but uh, well, that's a great time. That's a great time to get into the game. I'm sure. Oh, you have no idea. I mean, when you got, you know, back then it was, you know, us versus them, uh, you know, uh, you know, we got to defeat communism, all that stuff, 
you know, you went through all that stuff, and uh, it, uh, it it just made for great hockey too, with all the tensions. You know, it, was, it made for great hockey. But anyway, so so you were five years old when you started. Um, did you were you a San Jose fan when when they brought that stuff back, or or did you gravitate back towards the Red Wings? Well, yeah, so I was a San Jose fan for I don't know till I watched an actual hockey game, right? Because that was the only hockey apparel I had. But no, we uh, watched the Wings. Um, probably my earliest memory is watching the Wings lose the Stanley Cup final to the Devils and get swept. We were building a new house. So I remember being in an empty house, laying, sitting on the floor, the TV plugged in to watch the Stanley Cup finals and, and you know, watch them lose. Um, but I was a diehard Red Wings fan. Still am a diehard Red Wings fan. So uh, it's it's Wings all the way. Uh, who cares about San Jose? It was just a nice jacket that I can't <laughs> find anymore. <laughs> Good night. I love it. I love it. So, and, and by the way, same here. You know, it's like I've I've tried finding other teams to root for. Right now, uh, I, I will, like I said, I will I will always be a, a Red Wings fan. But I, I look at uh, I try to look I try to have more than one team to root for as a backup. But the problem is the teams that I want to like are suffering just as bad as the Wings. So <laughs> you know, it's like I tried being a Senators fan. I tried being uh, I even tried going to the dark side and being a Leafs fan. And I was like, eh, no, not so much. And uh, I, 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 being a Flames fan, right now I'm trying to become an Oilers fan, and I'm like, eh, it just I, it did not work. The thrills <laughs> not, not working. Nope. So yeah, yeah. I've I found it better. I, I've always kind of watched other teams, but here the last few years, I just watch hockey to watch hockey, and I enjoy it. That's the thing too. Don't you agree? The um, Hockey fans are different in that, you know, football fans love them. I'm a football fan, but you tend to watch just your team's games and maybe if there's, like, really big games, big national games, you know, that will affect the, you know, winning a title or something, you'll watch those. But hockey fans are different than in that, yeah, they'll watch their team play all the time, but they'll watch any game. They'll watch any game that's on, on TV. They'll be more than happy that's, to watch That's it. the truth. You know, it just is. That's the truth. But uh, so uh, where did you start playing your hockey at when you were a kid? Uh, Sylvania. So, like I said, complete um, Toledo area kid. Um, I actually, I'm from Michigan. I grew up in Riga, a little farm town. But uh, closest rink was Tamil Shanner. So learned to play uh house hockey all in Savannah, travel hockey, um, started in Savannah. And then as I grew up, they kind of started to split and we played out of the, uh, sports arena for the Toya programs, um, bounced from there back to Savannah over to the ice house when the ice house reopened. Um, and we, you know, that was before Gataha. It was actually, um, it was actually, Toya, I think the Toya, yeah, it was a Toya program that went in there and then um, I think we came back um, and played there under Gataha for a couple of years for the Ice Diggers um, as a midget travel team. Now, and then who were some of your coaches that's when back I, then? Oh, uh, well, younger 
younger days, uh, most memorable coaches were uh, Phil Gross. Um, he really, he was awesome. He really helped me when I was young uh, as a defenseman. Uh, Tom Lopez, Bill Himmel, they were all my Savannah travel days. And then um, as I moved into the Toledo uh, sports arena, I had Higgins. So I had Mike Higgins and then, um, I'm sorry, Tom Higgins. And then uh, Chris Tarsha, right? Some of the people that we had over there at, at Toledo Cherokee for some time. So Tarsha was my coach for a long time when we were bouncing around um, before I got to the Cherokee. Oh, man, that's taking me, taking you back. I mean, with uh, the sports arena, speaking of 10-cent beer nights. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, of course, Higgy, oh, my gosh. Yep. That they were a couple of guys that uh, I just absolutely love, still do. Um, they're just, they, were, they made it fun. They made it fun. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They really did. Um, so, I mean, were you always a defenseman or did you spend any time up front? I was always a defenseman. Um, towards the end of my career, end of my playing days, um, I played some forward which was fun, a diff- different change of pace, right? But throughout juniors and everything, um, always defenseman growing up, always a defenseman. Huh. Uh, was there anyone that you tried to pattern your play after? That's what's weird. No, um, no, not at all. Like, like I said, Zetterberg was always my favorite player. Uh, before that, it was Chris Draper. So I guess you could, maybe see how I play the game, but it was never a defenseman that I, that I like really watched and said, Oh, that's who I want to be like or anything like that. I just always wanted to outwork the other person, right? Just give it more than, than they could give and, and win every, everything that I tried to do. So um, that kind of goes more towards like the Draper and the energy forward style. But that was, that was me. You know, and you were—you always played very aggressive for a guy your size, um, that I remember. Uh, you, I mean, because like I said, I'm not like trying to besmirch you or, or, or make it as a put down, but you just weren't—you weren't six six, you weren't two thirty, you know. <laughs> so you—you you just played bigger than your actual size. And uh, where did that aggressiveness come from? Well, I was never the most talented player i was never the person who could shoot and you know shoot a 100 mile an hour slap shot i wasn't gonna outpower you with strength um so i relied on speed and get under your skin and and go as hard and fast as i could and a lot of that really grew and changed at the cherokee program because of like we just talked about coaches brian kinsella um, he was, is nasty for, you know, a lack of better terms. He would, he taught me really how to just get under people's skin and, and, uh, get them off their game and do whatever you could to, to take the advantage and, and, you know, play the best that you could. So, uh, he was always there to teach me everything that, that I did out there. And, um, yeah, it was just, it was just a mix of go hard and, and get under as many people's skin and get them off their game as possible. 
and, and you did that very, very well, my friend. Uh, so, uh, you know, and it's funny because when you think about it, I mean, uh, Toledo has a history, a, a big history of smaller guys that could uh, get under their skin, get under players' skin because, I mean, I could rattle off a ton of names, but a lot of them you didn't know, but uh, that played there in Toledo that were well, well under six foot, um, that could go into corners, go out in front of the net, and just annoy the living crap out of people. And, uh, <laughs> get them to, you know, get them uh, off their game to the point where they end up in the penalty box. Uh, just stuff like that. And um, I, yeah, I think. Go ahead. I think yeah, one of the things that uh, kind of made me maybe a little bit different, a little bit unique, is doing it as a defenseman because I mean there wasn't a lot of five foot ten. I was a hundred and forty pound defensemen that were doing that there's a lot of forwards right that could do something similar but i did it from the point and in the corners every night and uh a lot of it was with the stick in the mouth you know but (laughs) um (laughs) but it was it was fun it was a lot of fun uh you know and of course being paired with another crap disturber in in jc gulch uh, that that probably uh, that was just a match made in heaven, man. Because that was it's funny, you know. I, I, when you look at JC, he's kind of in the same boat that you are. He might have maybe a few pounds more than you, but he essentially was he was the same guy. Uh, you know, he liked to he uh, he although he liked to he he dropped the mitts, you know, uh, a bit. And you weren't really much of a of a of a mitt dropper. So, but uh, JC did that more than you did. Yes, he did. Yep, he did. I did. I did, Mick. Uh, but I, I'm old for like six. So I got my my butt kicked quite a few times. <laughs> well, <laughs> actually, you learned. Yeah. So I learned what worked worked for me. But uh, before I I played Cherokee at the Ice House over there, we had that Junior A league. Um, that was just a summer development, stay in shape type of league, and. I remember uh, fighting my best friend, Andrew Helt, and we're, we said, we're going to go play juniors next year, so we need to fight. And I remember dropping the, the, the mitts with him and, you know, throwing the bucket down and squaring up, and I was punching him in the side of the head. I thought, you know, I was feeling great. He popped up, clocked me so hard in the eye, knocked me out, <laughs> knocked, me, knocked me right to the ground, busted my eye open. I couldn't see for a day out of my eye. I'm like, ah, maybe that's not for me. So I got in a few more. I lost them. So I, I left it to the little bit bigger guys, but I would, uh, I'd always kind of, kind of start the skirmish and then, uh, um, somebody else would either start. defer, I'd either defer or I'd get, I'd just get, you know, ragged out of the situation. So there wasn't much for me to do at that point. <laughs> and that's funny because Andrew Helt, probably one of the nicest guys I have ever met. Just a really nice guy. Um, and yet, he's one of those guys that you do not want to get in, into a scrap with because he'll hurt you. You know, <laughs> he's one of those type of guys. I think of him and uh, Austin Seiple, who played. Uh, what years did you play? Uh, I played with Austin. Yeah, did you? Yeah, I played with Austin. Yeah, Austin, uh, 
he's another one of those guys. Really <coughs> super nice. You think when you first meet him and spend time with him, you're thinking, okay, he's too nice and too soft for this game. And then you, I saw him get into a fight. And it was like, uh, okay, never mind. <laughs> you know, because yeah. uh, the Dubuque thing, oh my gosh. When I yep. saw, when well, I, I was. You were there too, weren't you? Yeah, I got. I was. See, and you're talking about me being the 5'10, 140 punching bag. I was on the bench. Um, we were short handed. We come out of the, you know, the break, and uh, that he goes straight at the goalie. I I jumped the bench. I thought everybody was coming with me. I was the only one. I was the only one. So I, I you know, I I tied up with a guy. I I kind of got beat up in the corner. Thank God it's it's so uh, close to the boards that the camera for BCSN couldn't see me. So. As I'm getting beat up, yeah, Siple's fighting, JR's fighting, um, Higgy and Reeves, everybody's out there. And, uh, yeah, I was the one that came away with the five-game suspension. Yep. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, that is funny. I, can't, I forgot about that. I look back. I, I, thought, the, I thought the whole team was going to be with me. I look back. I was the only one out there. Like, hello, just, just the three of us, me, myself, and I. <laughs> But, so uh, I remember I remember Tar Show was yelling at us and he's like, I, I went to hold everybody back, but but uh I never thought Sully would be the one that I had to hold back. I held everybody else back. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is too funny. And and, and like I said, Sipes <laughs> uh Sipes was ooh, he was feeding knuckle sandwiches to I think uh I can't remember who it was. It was one of some of their tough guys and it just absolutely tuned them. Uh, and I just, like I said, that was just, I, I felt so good because, and it was funny because it was me doing the game for BCSN and in addition to the, uh, the audio, uh, uh, you know, on, online and it was me and Toby Hafner and that were doing yep. that game. Yep. So, and of course, Toby's on, on air going, this is gong show hockey, you know, uh, it was hilarious. <laughs> it was a good time, but, um, you know, and that's and, one you'll never forget. Uh, no, not even close. And it all started with, uh, what's his name? Nick Yost, who, uh, yep. just threw a, 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 he threw a great body check, man. He, he squared his shoulders, uh, lit right in there into one of their players and dropped them and they just didn't like it. So they decided they were going to be, you know, they were going to be trying to, you know, intimidate us and we weren't going to be intimidated. And I think it was the following year, because at that point we had not defeated, we had not defeated Dubuque. And I think it was the following year we won both games at the Ice House, four to three in overtime, both of them. And uh, so it was so, like, sweet. And then, of course, they turn around <laughs> and leave the league and go back to the USHL. But... um it was, uh, you know, just fun times back then. Now, tell me about when you were uh, playing uh, midget at, at the sports arena. Uh, what was it like as far as from uh, a talent standpoint? Did you guys, were you guys good, a good team? Uh, did you, were you able to make playoffs? Yeah, well, always. We were always a good team. Now, I've never played AAA hockey. It was always t Toledo area. We didn't have a program so 
it was uh, midget A or midget double A travel. Um, the crazy part, and I don't know how many people actually know it, but we all kind of grew up together. So a lot of the people that we played with there on uh, the Cherokee team were kids that came from the same program. Rue Hafner, me, myself, JC Gulch, Tyler Pelmore. Uh, we all grew up playing together, right? We played years together. So um, I think Naldoni played with us and played on the Cherokee for a little bit. So, um, yeah, we were always winning our leagues, going to nationals uh, and competing for, you know, we always won state. Like it almost got to be uh, to the point where state was just a nuisance. So we won state every year. Uh, we won the regional a couple times and represented at nationals quite a few times too. Wow. Pretty talented. So you're talking about some of those guys. Um, man, oh man, that takes me back thinking about those guys. Of course, Rue and that's, Hafner, Yeah, same. <laughs> yeah. And we had the same group basically that, you know, when we were the young kids on the team that came to Toledo when we went to the national championship with the Cherokee. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that was, I think, what, 0506 or 0405? I don't remember the years. All I remember is a long, long time ago. And it was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was, I think it was 0506. And the reason I say that is because I think 0405, we were in Minnesota. And that was when uh, they had to stop. We were uh, playing a team from, oh gosh, I can't remember who. But anyway, the long and short of it was they were it was just a really poorly, poorly, poorly officiated game. And we it got to the point where we were so frustrated that um, uh, at, at near the end of the game with like a few minutes to go, our goaltender uh, started a fight with the other goaltender. He skated down the ice because and apparently it involved <laughs> the, their goaltender spitting on one of our guys. And he went back to the bench and, you know, so anyway, uh, the president of USA Hockey came out and said, you know, you know, you go to your locker rooms, you know, you stop the game and send everybody to their locker. This is a disgrace and blah, blah, blah. And they ended up. No know, kidding. Yeah, they, they ended up. I, I didn't take the bus. I drove there. So I'm glad I, because <laughs> they they had to wait. Everybody was sitting on the bus to go home and the staff, all the staff had to go to. A, an emergency meeting with the board of USA Hockey to decide what kind of punishment was going to happen and everything. So they ended up getting through it and everything. And um, the next year, 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 that year in Philadelphia, when we uh, went to nationals, um, the, uh, the president of USA Hockey, because we lost in the championship game. It was an all-CSHL final, wasn't it? To St. Louis? Yep. Five to four. Yep. Yep, five to four. The same, yep. And, uh, yep, same as our CSHL final. Yep, and uh, so they, uh, the president's out there again, and he is talking on there, and he's like, last year you guys lost your honor. This year you got it back, blah, 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 you know. It's like, <laughs> right, shut up, give us our runner-off medals and get the hell out of here. But, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was nice to see um, – you know, the guys, you know, play so well. And that was all you guys. Um, tell me what, first of all, 
how did you get recruited into playing for the Cherokee? Did you get drafted? Did you go to a tryout? <laughs> what, what happened? So, um, once again, I knew nothing about the hockey landscape uh, growing up. So I'm playing midgets for, for Toledo, as we talked about. And I'm in the summer league, like, like we were talking about earlier. And uh, Kenny Miller was my coach in the summer league. And we're sitting at intermission. And he says, congratulations, Sally. I said, for what? He said, you got drafted. I said, I got drafted? Drafted by who? He said, the Cherokee. I said, who, who's the Cherokee? Oh, God. And he said, and he looked at me. He goes, you know, the junior team that plays here? I'm like, I don't, I'm like, I don't even know what junior hockey is. So um, come to find out, I looked it up. And, yeah, sure enough, I got drafted. So that's how I got into the Cherokee. I had no idea who they were. Um, I, I didn't know anything about it, right? I just played at the rink. I played my games and went home and that was it. I was in my own little bubble. So, um, then, you know, I just went through the, the tryout process and kind of figured everything out from there. Oh my gosh, Sally. Oh man. <laughs> that had to be, an I know a lot more, a lot more today about the game of hockey than I, and then I knew growing up, I had no idea. I mean, that's funny because I mean, that had to be an interesting conversation, uh, for your parents. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, by the way, mom, dad, uh, I got drafted, you know, it's like, uh, yeah, and then it's gonna, yeah, it's tuition based, eh, you know, whatever, <laughs> you know, I'm sure that, that, that they're probably going, what? So I was in high school and, um, I, I'm from Blissfield high school system, but I moved to St. John's in Toledo to play hockey. That was always what I was going to school there for. So I was going to play my two years of, of uh, midget hockey because I got to play 80 games in, in 70, 80 games in midgets. So my thought was why play 30 high school games when I can play 80 games playing travel hockey. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to play 80 games. And then when I'm done with that, I'm going to go play high school. And knew absolutely nothing about the Cherokee or junior hockey at all. And, uh, yeah, got drafted, and that kind of changed my plans. So when I graduated from high school, I never played a game of high school hockey. Wow. So, uh, but, uh, so, so you go into the locker room. Uh, you get drafted. You go into the locker room. Or what was it like when you first got there? I mean, meeting the coach for the first time, all that stuff. Was there any kind of, like, uh, this is weird or you know what i mean what went through your mind when 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 you went there and you met those guys uh it was a little intimidating right you're 16 years old you don't know what you're getting into especially me i had like i said i had no idea what i was doing no idea what i was getting myself into or what junior hockey was about uh all new people all new faces from a coaching standpoint what made it easier for me is jc got drafted so gulch was drafted pillmore was drafted um, so I had a couple people that I was real close with that I grew up playing who were doing the same thing as me. So, um, I kind of could just go there and learn the ropes and, and be comfortable with a few people that I knew. Well, that's a good thing. Um, so, uh, you know, you played for dunk, right? 
I played I split years. First year was Varga and Kinsella, and the second year was was Duncan. Okay. Um, so uh, when you played uh, the first year, um, was it? Did you play a lot? Uh, did you play right off the get go, or how? I mean, how often did you, did you get on the ice? So I. Yeah, I, I started, I mean, obviously you don't just get thrown into top four minutes or anything. So I started, um, but I played, I never sat, right. I was never a healthy scratch or anything. So I played right off the, right out of the get, right out of the gate. And then, um, it just increased more and more that I was paired with, uh, Gulch who I've been paired with my whole life. It seems like, so we, uh, slowly got more and more minutes and played more and more together and yeah by the end of the year um we got to the point where like in the nationals we were splitting time and you know rolling 4d and and we would be on the ice against the top line and we were matching lines and all that so uh first year just thrust right into a huge role wow now do you remember the the first uh game you played yeah i do it was actually it was preseason right um i don't remember who we played because that's not the important part of the story the important part of the story was uh i packed my bag and i forgot my my pants oh lord so we get up to alpina to play play an exhibition uh tournament for preseason and i had forgot my pants i think it was against the michigan ice dogs but I, i can't remember exactly but i don't have hockey pants so uh I had to go to, you know, the Alpina team because um, we had their home rink and Ben Kitzmiller let me borrow his pants for the game so I could play, I could play the weekend. So I was uh, wearing his pants through the whole weekend and uh, trading them and I had to get a different pair when we played uh, Alpina. I was going to say, you guys played Alpina. What, who, who did you end up borrowing them from? From somebody on else on Alpina? <laughs> I don't, I, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember on that one. I remember, uh, freaking out the first game and, and Kitz Miller being there to, to, to save my life. So, um, and then I, I think we got it. Uh, I don't remember if I had somebody else that was coming up, bring something or, or if I just borrowed another pair, but it all worked out. That's all I know. Good night. <laughs> it's, uh, he, he's, uh, he's a bit bigger than you did. Uh, were you able to fit in them pants? Okay. It, it took a it tighten that strap up. You know, and team issue equipment, that was the first time I'm in team issue equipment from the Cherokee. Nothing fit me. So the entire time I played at the Cherokee, there wasn't anything that fit fit me. There's, you know, they didn't make, uh, I need to wear like smalls and 13-inch gloves. And now I had like 15-inch gloves and, and too big a pants. So I just roped them on and, and played. Oh, man. Well, you know, hey, that's <laughs> just, uh, you, you make do. Oh man, that is funny. So yep. now, now you go to the team. You're 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 there. You're playing. Um, I guess especially the first year. Who were some of the other crazy characters that you played with that were kind of kind of silly and and good old good old fashioned goofballs? We had a ton of them, right? The whole team had a personality. That's probably. Um, looking back at all the hockey I played after that, that team was probably 
the most fun team to ever be a part of, right? It's the team that achieved the most, uh, even though we fell short by one goal. Uh, it was also the most fun and probably close group of kids that, that I've played with. Um, some, I mean, of course, I told you, I, I grew up with all the kids that, that I know, right? So we were all together. Pilmore was, he had his own personality. He was fun to be around. Um, then you had like Bart Reeves, right? Uh -huh. One of the one, one of the, one of the vets who would always, you know, bully us but have a good time with us at the same time. So that yeah, was always fun. He had uh, Tommy Higgins, which I grew up playing with his brother Mike the entire time. So Tommy was there. Um, same with Toby Hafner, right? I grew up playing with his younger brother, so Toby was there uh, picking on us and and showing us the ropes. So we had we had a good team. We had a bunch of different personalities Seipold doing the he, he was famous for his uh his raptor dances and his uh shopping carts and different things in the locker room so he was always lightening up the mood right like you said you wouldn't think that he would be the one to to knock you out but he could um and then our coaching staff uh having varga and and kinsella kinsella was about as intense as they intense as they come he would slash you as you're, as you're skating through practice. He'd spear you, he'd trip you, he'd knock you down. Um, I don't know if they'd let all the things that, that he did in practice go anymore. He'd whack you upside the head. Uh, and then Varga was just a, the storyteller and the motivator to the extreme, right? Varga had a story for everything. He had motivation for everything, you know. He'd tell it, you know, he, he would tell you anything to get you to run through that brick wall. So um, it was, it was a good time. Oh man. And uh, you talk about, uh, you know, some crazy characters, you know, you mentioned them all. Uh, who was the, were there any that uh, like tried to prank you or try to get a practical joke over on you, like in the locker room or on, in the motel room on the road? Yeah, I mean, who didn't uh, that's all we did to each other right we're a bunch of 16 year old kids 17 year old kids well, up to 21 right but uh absolutely we would do the leaners right where you put the bucket of water on the on the door and and knock and you answer it and your whole room soaked with water uh clear tape people's skates you know first time i've ever been in a, a you know a locker room for a team so we put a cup of water underneath the the helmet so when you go to pull your helmet off to to get out in the ice you get splashed with a cup of water or gatorade right in the face um we just all kinds of things that somebody was somebody was doing the shoe checks under the table right that made us uh sing on the bus for our rookie road trips and rookie initiation stuff um there's always something going on right it didn't matter where you were it didn't matter if it was a nice restaurant somebody was doing something. So you always had to keep your eye out. But, um, and it wasn't just like, you know, the people I said, it wasn't, it was everybody. Everybody was a part of it. Everybody was a part of the shenanigans. Everybody was joking on everybody doing stuff. And that's kind of what made it unique, right? You didn't just have four or five people that were the jokesters that you had to watch. You had to watch out for everybody. So did uh, you, were, were you uh, a good prankster? Uh, were you able to pull a few jokes? Oh yeah, oh yeah. We I would, we would clear tape. I, you know, we do it together. But yeah, I'd clear tape plenty of people's skates so they go out. Like I said, put the cups in in their 
in their locker uh, under their helmet. Um, we had uh, <laughs> we had a system the first year where if you had a teal jersey, you were pretty much out of the lineup in a healthy scratch. So we would change the jerseys. You know, we'd put somebody and we'd mess with them and change their jerseys on their lines before I was at the rink early, uh, before everybody else because I got out of school had nothing to do so I'd go there and we'd swap the jerseys and make somebody think that they were getting sat for the weekend and get them off freaking out and you uh, yeah we do a lot of different different things but <laughs> yeah we would we'd go in the laundry room like I said take the we wouldn't swap them right but we'd take the teal one out and put an extra teal one up and make somebody uh you know scared that they're gonna get sat for the weekend good night uh so um, who would, who would be yeah that? there's there's a, there's a lot of different things who would be the – was there anyone in particular that was, like, the target of, of these things? Like, did was there someone that everyone – Fillmore. Liked? Why did I – I knew this. Fillmore. In my head, I'm thinking Tyler has everybody to picked. <laughs> everybody picked on Tyler, right? Everybody picked on Pilly. It was always – it was always Pilly. Pilly! It was always that. Pilly. He was, yep, yeah. He was the target of every joke. He was – Cause he took, he, he didn't just let it go. Right. He'd get all riled up. Right. And show emotion because of it. And so what happens, you get more, right. If you, <laughs> you prank other people, they, they'd laugh about it and just go back to doing what they're doing. But Pilly, you know, he'd retaliate. He'd, he'd do five other things to try and get you back. He'd stick you out there on the ice. He'd talk some crap to you. So it was always fun because he could never let it go. Oh God. So he always got the the end of the jokes every time. Oh man, why does that not surprise me at all? Not even a little bit. Oh man. <laughs> now, do you still keep in touch with Pilly at all? I not really. Nope. I haven't seen him in a while. Um, Gulch, Pilmore, and I all went and played Alpina together for two years. So we went and played there, and then. Uh, kind of drifted apart there during the college years and, and uh, coming back to, well, I'm back in Toledo. I'm not sure where everybody else is now. But um, now when, uh, like I said, that first year, I mean, going to nationals, that had to be, that had to be pretty exciting uh, to go to a tournament like that and at the junior level and see, you know, I mean, scouts, see people that, you know, that, you know, it's like, it was a big deal, you know, make, making it to nationals. And because uh, if I remember, we didn't we stay in Delaware and we went to Philadelphia to, for the, yep. for the link. Yeah. Yep. And I, I remember. Yep. We, go ahead. Yeah. We stayed. I don't remember exactly where we stayed, but I remember me, we met Joe Frazier. Yeah, that's uh, Chris Varga told me about that. Do you remember? About, yeah, I didn't meet him because I yeah. didn't go to that. We met. Yeah, we were in the we were in the hotel. I think it was the hotel, and he was down eating, eating with I don't know if his wife or who it was, but there was like five or six of us, and we yeah we met met Joe Frazier. So he was it was the coolest thing. Uh, he pushed his food aside, and you know he said asked. Is what we were doing. Just talked all about us, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we sat with them, and I can eat any time of the day. 
you know, I only have so much to, something to the fact that I only have so much time to spend with fans and, and talk to young kids like you. So he sat there and talked to us for, shoot, it was about 45 minutes, didn't touch his food, and then gave us all autograph cards, and and uh, then we kind of went our way. But it was it was pretty memorable. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, now, uh, when you – the other thing I remember, too, was I think we were at dinner somewhere, and I drove. I didn't ride the bus. I drove. And the thing I remember was – uh, I think it was Philadelphia because um, now I'm going to throw out a couple names at you because I think they played with you that year. I'm not sure, but I think. And that is, uh, is that Chris Lanciano? Did you... Yep. Okay, then. Yep, him and Jared Siganut. So Lan- I think they would have been the year before. Lanciano skated with us a couple of times, but I don't think he actually played. We didn't play on the same team. He would have been a year before. Okay, because then that must have been when he they went up. He went up to uh, Alpina because I know he played up there. Yeah, and that that I I and I get some of that mixed up too because I know he he was up in Alpina, so I don't remember if I played with him up there too. You know. We had a lot of Toledo presence up there, right? We had a lot of people going from the Cherokee and Toledo area up to Alpena. So, but yeah, no, I I, I don't believe he was on the uh, Cherokee team when when I was. Oh, okay. I was gonna say because for some reason Philadelphia rings a bell with them because I'm trying to remember the year if it was that year or maybe it was uh, the year before, but we were in a restaurant or we came out of a restaurant. And Z- Jared Siganuk, who they were like best friends growing up, and uh, uh, probably still are to this day. Um, but Ziggy uh, silly stringed my car, <laughs> so I was not a happy camper. And I'm like, I'll get, I'll get you back for this one day. I'll get you back. So, no, yeah, that that must have been the year before. Yeah, then that probably was then. I'm just like I said, I'm just like ah. Uh, but uh, yeah, because the years—I mean, I did 20 seasons, and the years run together, and the and who played with who runs together, and it just totally gets. You know, I know. It it runs together for two years for me, so I can only imagine. <laughs> I understand, but uh, so now the following year, you end up playing for Dunk. Uh, what was that transition for you like? You know, to seeing uh, uh, somebody else there. I mean, Tarsh was was there it was uh duncan tarsh and uh, dickerson yeah, yeah steve dickinson yeah dixie was there dickinson yeah yeah dixie was there uh chris tarsha and ian duncan uh was that uh did you sit there and go hmm this is interesting uh what did you do as far as you know what was that whole situation like for you from a player standpoint It was tough. It was tough for me. Um, it was tough to have a new coaching staff and nothing against those coaches. Cause I think they all had, were great at, at different aspects of the game, but to go from Kinsella and Varga and being one goal away from winning the national championship to having a whole new coaching staff was like, Whoa, what's going, you know, what's going on here. And we were really close. And personally, I, 
was close with Kinsella and Varga. So um, it made it, it made it difficult and we didn't have the success that we had the year before too. So on top of that, you pile that into the mix. It was, it was frustrating just to, to take that step backwards in year two. But I mean, uh, from, were you able to gel well though with those guys? I mean, get along with them. And... Yeah, it was just different. And I really, Kinsella is a coach that I've never seen someone do what he's done and what I mean by that is the first year we would watch video on every single team we knew all their power play breakouts how they lined up on their penalty kill their neutral zone you know if they would trap or if they'd force you if they would do nothing at all and we would adapt every week and have different we had about five or six different four checks we had different neutral zone traps uh, we always played the same defensive zone, but it was a lot different. And then um, Duncan was just amazing at teaching, like, all these individual skills, um, teaching things that you never thought of, like shooting off your odd foot when you're doing your drills and and putting you in situations that you would never put yourself in that way you would get better. So they – both were uh, just completely different, right? One was completely system-based and the other one was talent-based and, and trying to make you a, a better individual where I think as Kinsella was more about uh, just the team in general. If everybody does this, then we'll win. Where Duncan really made you better as a, as a person by showing you, Hey, like if you, yeah, if you, if you push off here and then, sh you know, snap a shot off balance, like, you keep doing that, then when you're on balance, you'll you'll be even better for uh, hitting the spot that you're looking for. So it was, it wasn't, I never had any problems with coaches or like getting along with anybody. It was just different, right? You just went through two different regimes that were, weren't like each other in, in any sense of the way. And then of course you got different personalities too. I mean, obviously, yeah. you know, dunk is one way. Tarsh is one way, Dixie. I mean, they were different, definitely, from uh, Vargs and Kinsella. But, of course, on the other hand, too, you got to remember, Vargs uh, and Kinsella, Varga and Kinsella were together for a long time prior to, to uh, Cherokee. Yep. And, you know, Dunk, Dunk came in there originally to be an assistant coach. And they and then when they let uh, Varga go at the beginning of camp, um, they... Uh, you know, Dunk put together his system and his folks. And, uh, you know, it probably felt good, though, to see, you know, so at least you had one coach that you had familiarity with, with Chris Tarsha. Yeah, and Tarsha, like I said, he was coaching me since uh, Bantams, I think, is when Tarsha first coached me. So it was. It was nice to have Tarsha there. Um, it was always nice to have Tarsha. I've, I've always enjoyed playing for him and, and with him he's taught me a lot over the years yeah. he's he's basically the uh the one that you know stuff happens right he was the one that got me on that so it doesn't matter you know if if nobody made a mistake nobody would score a goal that's true right so mm -hmm. get over it and just move on move on and 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 uh 
get back to playing your game because everyone's going to screw up. It, it doesn't it happens. So just screw up and next time go harder and try not to make that mistake again. Did um, now did you get to play? Did you play exclusively with JC back then, or did did you get with did you get paired up with anybody else? On Cherokee? Yeah. Uh, pretty much exclusively with JC. Um, every once in a while we would switch things up, but um, yeah, for the most part it was it was me and Gulch together the entire time. Um, that had to be, I guess, a good comfort thing because you probably both know each other's uh, motives, tendencies, that kind of stuff what you're going to do, what you know what he's going to do, so that allows you to do this. Uh, what was that like as far as from a chemistry? What what made the chemistry so good? Well, years, right? It was just years of playing together. We played together, like I said, growing up um, through the travel days, and he was he was the offensive piece of the puzzle he was way better than me at that he um he was a jc was strong he was deceptive you, nobody thought he was nearly as strong as what he was he was hard to knock off the puck so he liked to rush the puck um and i like to play d zone so i'd stay back uh he would rush and he'd create a lot of offense and i'd create a lot of turnovers in the zone and try to push the play forward so it was it was a great, you know, pairing as far as just being there. You all, you know, if you're an offensive defenseman, you need that guy that stays back and that that's who I was, right? And make it comfortable for you to leave so you're not getting burned or anything like that. And then, you know, vice versa. It was great for me to be able to move the puck up to somebody who I trusted and knew that could take off but still get back and, and put in that offensive production. So um, every time we got to play together, we loved it, right? We didn't, we play, like I said, we played together growing up, but you'd play the big games together. All the other games, they kind of split us up and we would play with other people. And, you know, so we didn't get a ton of time together. But when, you know, we got to the Nationals and stuff, we would play a lot, a lot of minutes together. But uh, then we played together in Alpena, right? So then I leave Toledo and he's my D partner for most of the Alpena. Um, two years as well so that was it's it's a good comfort and, and we just proved that it, it worked well together i was gonna say uh now what was that transition like i mean let, let's be honest three different coaches in three years uh you know i know you played two up there for kenny but i mean uh, actually one just one for kenny and i, so I had four coaches four years holy smokes Fritchie was the uh, second year there. Oh my gosh! How so did... it was. Yeah, it was. It was different. I mean, it was. So yeah, it was always changing. It was frustrating. Like every time you go through a, a coaching change, it's because you get used to one thing and then it changes. So it's always frustrating. But I guess the thing that gets you through it is one, you're playing hockey. So and it's junior hockey, so you don't really have a choice, right? You're. You're there anyway. It's so if business, you want to play, so. you're going to, you're going to figure it out. Yep. You're going to figure it out. So, uh, not much to complain about there, but having the people that, you know, being able to, and 
there's a lot of people that I came up through the system with, but really Pillmore and Gulch, having them with me everywhere we went, it was just a sense of comfort and, hey, yeah, we can do this again. We've done it every year since we played, so. Oh, man, I'll tell you, that, that's still, no problem. That's, that's still hard, though, man. Four, four different coaches, four years, four different systems. Um, now, tell me what it was like, though, to play up in Alpena from uh, just, I mean, they got a fan base up there uh, where they, they, you know, they treat you like a, like a rock star if, you know, I mean, when you're up there because there's nothing else up there to do. So, I mean, that had to be nice going up there and being cheered like <laughs> yeah. crazy. It, it, was, it was awesome, yeah. It's an experience I'll never forget. Um, it was great though. Yeah. I mean, you were, you were treated like you're a professional athlete. Um, didn't matter where you went, you know, you, you learn a lot of things too, because everybody knows who you are, right? You're 20 years old. You're, you know, probably doing some things you shouldn't be doing and, and all eyes are on you all the time. So, um, you can get in a lot of trouble easy, um, or you can, you know, you know, kind of use that to your advantage and, and stay out of the limelight, but still have a, a great time. That's what I try to do. But it was, uh, it was an experience like no other for me. It was a lot of fun. I mean, you, yeah, like the, they'd pack the rink every, every weekend with everybody from the town. It was like almost like the Friday night lights thing in a small football town, right? It, it was all about hockey. The news would be there. You'd be on the news. They'd interview people. Um, I remember going through the main camp and, watching my highlights on the TV and, and things of that nature. Like that's, it was crazy to me. Right. Yep. I mean, we have BCSN, but nobody's what nobody's, you know, nobody's like has that. Every, everybody had that on their TV, right? Not everybody here is watching BCSN. It was on like the local news channel for the sports highlight. Here's your Alpina ice diggers and here's what they did. tonight. So, um, it also is a little, you know, make you nervous too, because you screw up, you're right out there in front of everybody, but, you don't think about that when you're playing. You just play, and it goes however it goes. So you play a couple of years in Alpena. Um, where does Ryan Sell go after? Well, I went nowhere the first year. Um, I didn't have the best grades in school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... I took a year off to kind of focus on uh, on school and getting my grades up. And a lot of that is because I just didn't go to school, right? Playing juniors all the time. I just didn't apply myself at school. So I went to college, community college up there for a year. I skated with the team a, a little bit for the next season, um, even though I couldn't play with them and I aged out of juniors. And then I transferred to Johnson Wales University in Providence, Rhode Island. And I played Division Three hockey out there. Um, I played for a season there. And then that was kind of the point where I'm like, uh, I think I'm, I'm ready to come home and kind of get to the, the growing up life, right? So I came back home. Um, I went to the University of Toledo. I did decide to play uh, club hockey at, at Toledo. So I played about a year and a half there um, as I work for uh, – Toledo Transmission, General Motors, down there on Alexis Road, straight across from the Ice House, and that's still where I work. I'm a manager there today. Well, hey, that's awesome. Um, you know, I mean, 
I've I've always you know I've always been the type that I've I've never you know I don't care what your business card says as long as you're healthy happy and uh, trying to take care of your family and do good and everything you know it's like I don't care if you're a Fortune 500 guy or yep. if you're a, a burger flipper <laughs> I, I'll love you just the same Ab- you know and be a big fan absolutely of you know so uh, now absolutely what tell me you know I mean we talked about it a little bit. But uh, tell me about how important was having your family uh, be basically the the caravan that if we went to places and there was nobody in the stand, we could count on at least the cell the cell family to be there to be our crowd. You know that was a that was big for for us because you had so many people that came to see you. What was that like? Uh, when you had all those people, not only at home, but on the road too. Yeah. Um, it was, it was awesome. Uh, still, everybody talks about it to this day. Like, Oh, we miss those times. We miss going to the games. We miss watching you play. But yeah, I mean, you, when you're 16, 17, you probably, Oh, it's cool that there's people in the stands, but growing up now and looking back at it, like, how how cool was that actually uh i remember nationals i remember uh bringing my f- uncles came on the trip with us they uh rented rooms and came out to uh philadelphia to be there for the national tournament for they took off a week a week uh, of their life from their job just to be there and watch us but yeah it was everywhere we went it was you know i had my and it wasn't just my mom and dad it was my aunts, uncles, it was friends of the family. They were always there. So, um, you know, it's they, oh. like, why, why, why aren't they up there? Why aren't they up there? And then they, you know, they'd come in after getting their coffee or whatever and be, I'd be like, Oh, okay. Now, now they're there. It's about time. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, no, it was cool. It was cool. And, and they kind of became a part of the team. And that's probably why I enjoyed the Toledo days uh, especially the, that first year a little bit, probably more than any other year that I've, I've played just because, I mean, it was friends and family everywhere you went, right? Well, it became like a Everything we like did. It. So it was, it was a, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And, and a lot of people got really close and, and still to this day, we, you know, still see each other and reminisce on all that. And, you know, it, it wasn't matched, right? And it never was the same. Yeah. No matter um, where you went. Now, do you do you ever still get out to games? Cherokee games? Yes, absolutely. I've been to I've been to a couple, a couple. Um, I haven't in a, a little bit, um, but help! I watched the help boy defenseman. What's his? Uh, is it Evan? Yeah, Evan. Evan help. Evan. So I went out and watched Evan for for a few games. Um, back when he played, but that's been the last time that I've been there. It's been a while. You should come out. I'm telling you, I think it would be good because number one, it's good to have the alumni, you know, be, be fans of the team, let them see that you still care and stuff. And that, and number two, I think it also helps you with, um, I don't want, cause there's some guys who it's like, they miss it and they didn't realize how much they missed it or 
how fast it went. And they kind of feel like if I go back, you know, I, I could have done this different. I could have done that different. I could have, would have, should have, all that stuff. And I'm like, no. Right. You know, you did what you did, and it, it, and it created the path that you have now. If you're a husband, if you're a father, if you're whatever, you know, it's like all these things that you're that you have now. Uh, if you're working, all that stuff, it's because of what you did back then. It 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 carved that path for you, and you know, it made you into a good person. So why would you and you and people love you and care about you? Why would you want to like not acknowledge that? And, and that's why I tell them, like, go to a game. Just go to a game. You don't have to sit there or sit in the bar or anything like that. Just go to a game. Grab a box of popcorn at hour eight and just kind of, you know, have a few laughs and remember what it was like when you were on that bench, you know, or when you were on the ice and got into some trouble, you know, that kind of stuff. That's what I tell them to remember, you know, is just to do that. And, and then it becomes easier because once you go to one, then it's like, it's not so bad and then you want to go to another and right. next thing you know you become a fan again you know that's that's the thing i i want the the alumni to do more than anything is to support the team that's out there. because eventually i promise you eventually they're going to ask you sometime to go into a locker room and talk to those kids you know and you, you'll remember when you were that 16 year old kid uh, you know, and it, 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 it's it's funny because, you know, you think, yeah, when I'm 16 or I'm 17 going through my junior years, yeah, I'm on top of the world, you know. And then when you're when you're done and you, you look back, you're older, you look back and you're like, what these kids don't get how how special this time is. You know, that's what a lot of people do. They tell me that I don't get. How, just how special it is and how lucky you are to be there and to enjoy life, you know? Um, uh, and I think that if, you know, like I said, going back and just going to a game, that's, that's how it starts, you know? Yeah. I, I want to do that. You're, you're completely right. Um, it would be awesome to get back into that. And I've always wanted to get back into the game from a coaching standpoint. But you're right. the other thing you hit on is it's always hard because uh, you always have these hopes, dreams, aspirations. So when you do get done playing, yeah, I think everybody, especially when you start getting to the junior levels of the game, you kind of back away from it a little bit because you, if you didn't get what you wanted out of it, you're like uh, you're a little bit hesitant and like you said, a little bit of regret or remorse or anything like that. But um, no, I'd like to I'd like to go to those games. I'd like to. Um, take my wife. I'm married now, so um, I'd like to take my wife, who has no idea who the Cherokee are. Right? She's not from this. She's from Canada, so she's not from this area. Well, uh, like her to experience that. She has no idea. She has no idea. She uh, and you think she would know all about hockey, but no, not at all. And uh, wow. um, I I got her the mini stick not the San Jose Sharks jacket, but I got her the mini stick and uh, I've been teaching her how to, how to hold that hockey stick the right way. So I think it'd be cool to take her out and kind of show her, you know, the Cherokee and what I grew up doing. I'm telling you, you have to, 
You have to. <laughs> it's, I'm not telling you you should. I'm telling you you must. I know. You know. And I know. Other, and the other I'll, thing too, I'll be there. You better. And the other thing too, Sully, is not only that, but just to you know, to be able to tell your your family, uh, your your as you get older and you you know your own family, um, what it meant to you. let them see what it meant to you, your wife, your kids, whoever. Let them see what this it meant to you for all those years, and to know that that's part of your history. <laughs> speaking, speaking of the devil, here she, here she is chasing, chasing me around. Um, uh, yeah, no, it now? is. It's three. Holy smokes, your little girl is three. Three years old. You better put her on skates. Name's My- Myla. I got it. I got a. I got a nice pair of pink bowers for. Her. <laughs> that a boy. So we that just, we just, we just started learning. Just started learning. So, uh, we'll see how that goes. And then my, it's crazy, kind of to round back to the, to the beginning of our conversation. But, um, no one in my family even knew what hockey was. Now my cousins played. You talk about the Glicks. They played. Uh, my daughter hopefully will will play someday my niece plays hockey plays for the girls travel team in uh in uh savannah so it sounds like just keeps buddy. running deeper and deeper into the into the hockey community in, in the area and who did it all start with yeah well it started with the phantom of the opera but the phantom of the opera <laughs> but, who did, but when it came to playing who did it start with yeah that was me that was All right. So it's 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 cool. That's a that's a pretty darn cool legacy, if you ask me. When you get that many people, now that's generational. Okay, that's it, generational. Yes, it is. So the fact that you have that much of an impact on other people, that including your brothers, uh, you know that usually, as like you said, usually it's little brother following the trail of his big brothers, and this time around it was the other way around. You flip, you flip the script. So whenever you have doubts of yourself, Sally, and not to pump you up or get your ego inflated, but just very simply, whenever you feel like, eh, I could have, would have, should have, or you feel down, just remember all the all that good that you And you didn't sit out to sit there and pat yourself on the back over it, but you look at what you did, and that in itself is not only impressive, but my gosh, Sally, that 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 is just amazing to me that you were you have that much of an impact on people, and that's from a guy who's a, a, just a, a, a easygoing guy who you know isn't out you know you're not a, trying to be a salesman or this that or the other thing and sell the you know this <laughs> you're just being you you just being you and you, they see your love of the game and they want to be a part of it. And that says a lot more about Ryan Sell the person than it does Ryan Sell the hockey player. So, you know, just remember that. Don't ever forget that. And your daughter better play defense, too. <laughs> Myla better play defense with she plays. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, she's probably going to be as small as I was, so. If that means that she'll end up being a fifth goal scorer or something you weren't. Uh, right, right. Okay, so before we wind her up here, I want to just ask you a couple things. Um, you know, we talked about how important, you know, having guys around you and, of course, your family 
and all of that, you know, um, who would you say was probably the person or people uh, off the ice that impacted you the most or made the biggest difference in your life? Uh, is mom and dad, mom and dad. So, uh, like I said, not knowing the game, not growing up in a huge hockey community, you know, and this, except we had no idea. So that discovery came all the time and by a lot of hard work with my parents, right? They worked a lot of hours. They shoveled me around a ton of places. Um, they were at, like you said, at every game. They brought around my friends and family. Uh, even when I went to Alpena, they came up four hours every weekend to watch our games in Alpena. Uh, they bring some of those people even up there to, to watch the games. So um, seeing their dedication to you, I mean, that's enough motivation for anyone to, to – in hockey and life and anything to try to be as successful as possible. So I just try to emulate that. I think that's kind of why you saw the style of play that I am when I played hockey. And that's kind of the person that I am as well. Like um, I'm not overbearing intense, but I hate to lose and I try to give it my all all the time. And I think that's just a spitting image of, of my mom and dad. Tell you what, great people. Um, always enjoyed sitting there talking with your dad, having a pop and, uh, and just uh, sitting, whether it was at the at the game at the rink, or if we were at the uh, at the in the hotel room on a road, just uh, always a pleasure to talk to. And your mom, God bless her soul, she was a blast. You know, I always enjoyed her. And she's, she's dearly missed. And uh, you know, we, I like I said, that they always put a smile on my face when I saw them, because I number one, I knew we were going to have a crowd. Number two, I knew that we were going to have a good time. <laughs> and number three, I knew that, that the guy out there on the ice was going to have to play his butt off so that uh, he didn't have to <laughs> hear, hear, hear any cat calls uh, from the crowd. Yeah. You know, but uh, that's that's what it's all about in the end, man, is this family, you know. And now, Yes, it is. I, I'll wind up with this one. Um, two things. One. What would the Ryan sell of today? What advice would you give to that 16 year old kid that came to the Toledo Cherokee? I would, I think you've already hit it, but I would tell him enjoy the moment, realize where you're at. Um, it doesn't last forever, right? And it's some of the most fun that you're going to have because it's not going to be there forever. So no matter how far you go, no matter what you do, it won't be there forever. So enjoy it. Um, especially if you're a local kid, right, and you have your friends and your family there with you, you never know, right, what's going to happen, what's, what's, you know, what the future has in stores. So take it all in um, and give it your all. Don't complain. Give it your all. And work, work your butt off and good things will happen. And then you'll learn a lot about life, too, because when you get into the workforce, it's the same thing. So if you work your butt off, you'll, you'll get rewarded and you'll have a nice lifestyle and, and hopefully a lot of good people around you that respect you for who you are. Man, I couldn't put it any better. That was, that was great. Now, uh, last thing, what would you like to say? I end every podcast. That is, what would you like to say to the Cherokee alumni? Uh, as far as, I mean, there are players into this, 
Uh, there are current players, alumni, there are alumni coaches, current coaches, uh, fans, you name it. Uh, they all tune into this. And uh, what would you like to say to them? Uh, I say thank you, first of all, for the people who were there before me, the people keeping it going now, uh, players, coaches, everybody, staff, because it's a huge thing for Toledo. Uh, it's a huge thing for the hockey community here. Um, a lot of people strive to be at the Cherokee and, and above, right? But that's always, we always seem to step our, our foot through that door at, at some point in time, whether we're practicing, working together, um, out in that ice house and, and doing a lot of good things. So thank you. Keep it up. Um, and I'd really like to see that program just continue to be uh, the excellent program that it is, right? It, it always was, and it seems like it always will be. So we got to keep it where it's at. Yeah, no question about it. But I'll tell you what, man, number 20 in the program, number one in your hearts. A uh, guy that you always just always, I always loved rooting for because, again, not the biggest guy out there, but he played like he was. And that is Ryan Sell. Sully, love you, buddy. Thank you so much for doing this, and uh, best of luck in everything that you do. And I promise we will stay in touch because you're you're too cool a cat not to. So appreciate it. Well, thank you, Mick. And you know, I had to take a second for you, right? You're mm -hmm. asking me all these questions, but uh, you've definitely been in my thoughts and prayers. I've been sending you a couple of things here. So I, I hope you're doing well and we're all, we always got your back. Well, that's, that's why I love you guys. And yeah, I'm doing all right. So, you know, thumbs up on that, in that aspect. So appreciate it, brother. Uh, well, and there's my lady. Right. She, she should come over and, uh, and talk about her dad. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. She's yelling, yelling dad at from the door. <laughs> oh, that's pretty beautiful. Um, but, uh, I appreciate this. That's episode 99 of the Cherokee Rewind. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget, just hit subscribe on whatever platform you use, uh, whether it's iHeart, Google, Amazon, podcasts, whatever. Just put in Cherokee Rewind and hit subscribe, and every time a new episode drops, it'll let you know. So for the great defenseman, Ryan Sell, I am Mick, and we'll catch you next time right here on the Cherokee Rewind.